Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Nana. And I'm Nyasha. And today we've got a special guest with us. Where from, Nyasha? Well, Ayumi is a Japanese. Mm. So I had a conversation with Ayumi. Again, it's another one of our recorded interviews. Um, But yeah, Ayumi is Japanese and therefore she has straight hair. Right. And it's really interesting actually just hearing her experience. And I'm very excited for you guys too as well. Fun fact, I've actually just come back from Japan. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness, all we did was eat our way through Tokyo. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it was really interesting because I really... You know, you travel to certain places and you're like, what is it going to be like as yeah. a black person in those sort of spaces? Sporting a little afro This is well, the thing. With your, with this your hair it. out. Because your hair wasn't yeah. in a protective style. No, this is it. And I was really, I was nervous. I was nervous. I told my friend. <laughs> yeah. The friend I went with was from India. She's like, if anyone comes up to you, I'm going to just scream. <laughs> as a joke. As a joke. Yeah. Um, But it was really interesting that it, it was completely normal. Like no one came up and touched my hair. Um, last year I was in Thailand and I had that experience. Right. Actually, this year to go to Tokyo, obviously, it was just so refreshing. Yeah. Um, there were some people who tried to take pictures, which is fine because it happened. I was prepared for it. I was expecting it. But it was a refreshing experience. I didn't feel othered. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really nice. And yeah. it's sad, isn't it, to think that in the times we live in where we have things like youtube but there's social media so you can see and experience other cultures yeah. online yeah so there's really no need for us to keep othering each other yeah. but it's all it's a bit sad to think that especially as black women we yeah. almost expect people to just come and touch our hair but without this is asking this is so it. well done to the japanese people yes <laughs> but as well as that i feel like certain spaces i will give a pass to and others i won't is that weird? Mm, so if I'm in... that No, this is a conversation. We need to have this... A whole episode. This needs to be an episode because then that's unfair. I know, I know. But it's almost like... So the year but before... At least it sounds unfair. Yeah. The year before last, I was in Copenhagen and I was very unforgiving of how I was treated um, because I would expect better and it felt hostile. It felt hostile. Okay. Whereas... How do you mean it felt hostile? You know when someone looks at you in a type of way and it's quite cold or they barge into you? Oh, okay. It wasn't friendly. It was very okay. hostile. So it's almost like they're expecting an angry black woman. Yes, exactly. So they're like, let's trigger her. Exactly. Ooh, okay, that's not nice. Whereas I felt that in Thailand I felt this, in Japan and in Seoul as well I felt this, it wasn't hostile. It was right. just curiosity. It was like... Yes, Do okay. you see what I mean? Yeah. And I think... Yeah, this is another episode though, right? It is, it is. It's an episode that's definitely worth having um, a conversation about only because perception is important to some of these situations where there are certain situations where you think it was an innocent mistake to make. Somebody says the wrong thing or somebody, they they ask something or they want to touch your hair or they touch without asking. Sometimes it's, it is innocent. Right. I have had that. It's it's innocent and it's a teaching moment. Yeah. And then there are times when... There's either a sense of entitlement, yes, or there's hostility. I have not experienced the hostility, so I cannot uh, speak to that. Yeah. But I do know people who say they've had, they've had hostile, yeah, experiences. I personally have never had that, mm. so I'm grateful for that. Mm-mm. But Copenhagen, do better, please. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that note, coming back from our tangent, <laughs> exactly. On that note, we're going to let you all listen to Ayumi. Mm-hmm. Yumi, welcome to the program. Hello, Nyasha. How are you? I'm 
I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for for agreeing to do this and for coming on and sharing your hair experiences with us. So maybe you might just want to start off by telling um, our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your hair. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm Japanese and I was born in Japan, but I came to the UK when I was around three. And since then, I've always been living here. And yes, um, so, well, that's me in a nutshell. Um, I grew up in the UK in a very um, British environment. So, yes, identity is Japanese, but brought up in a UK environment. Okay. So now, how does your hair fit into this experience? Because obviously, you are not growing up in Japan. So mm-hmm. salon-wise, how have you managed your hair? Mm, so... Actually, my primary school ages, um, we had a family friend who was a hairdresser who was Japanese. Um, so she always cut my hair when I was in primary school. Uh-huh. But then she went back to Japan. So from secondary school onwards, um, uh, there was a local hairdresser to, to my house who uh-huh. had a Japanese hairdresser pretty much all the time. So I just kept on going there. And one day I made an appointment and asked for a Japanese hairdresser, but there wasn't any available at that time. So, yes, there was that one time that I asked a non-Japanese hairdresser to do my hair. Um, But other than that, it has always been Japanese. Okay. Well, it's a good thing that you've always been able to access the kind of um, hairdresser that would understand your hair. Just describe mm. for, you, for our listeners what your hair is like. So describe, is your hair oily? Is it super straight? What's, what's Just so that they can get a mental picture mm. of the kind of hair you're working with. Yes. Um, so my hair is um, pretty much standard um, Japanese Oriental Asian hair, where it's quite thick. It's quite, um, co- not coarse, should I say? Yeah, maybe um, quite hard um, in texture. Um, yes, I do have a very um, dry scalp, but other than that, my hair is naturally um, quite straight, but it can go slightly wavy at the end when... For example, if I slept with a wet hair or something. Okay, right. Okay. So you've mentioned something that some of our listeners will identify with, thick hair Mm. and its coarse. Surprising that your hair is straight because their hair is curly, but they have the same thick and coarse texture. Mm, Okay. which Which is quite fascinating. So in terms of your products and how you look after your hair, do you have to oil your hair because it's your scalp is dry? Tell tell us a little bit about that. Um, I if in an ideal world, <laughs> maybe once a week I would use a hair mask, but I don't tend to do that. Even though I do have some stored in my cupboard, um, <laughs> I just don't get enough time. Or <laughs> yes, but yeah, apart from that. Um, I tend to just use shampoo and conditioner in the shower and I double shampoo maybe once a week um, okay. just to get um, rid of all the impurities properly. Right. So how often are you washing your hair on average? Um, maybe around hmm, three times a week. Okay. 
that's quite a lot more than most of our listeners. Okay. Um, is, is that a lengthy process? Is that pretty straightforward? Do you um, look forward to it? <laughs> no, I don't look forward to it, but my hair does need it when it comes to that day that I need to wash it. <laughs> what happens if you don't wash your hair? Um, it just it does get quite greasy, and when I see, for example, Japanese people, and I can tell when their hair is quite greasy, um, or right. they haven't washed it, or something like that, because it does get quite greasy at the roots, and it goes slightly um, shiny, like not not in a nice shiny way. <laughs> so, and because I work environment where I work with many Japanese people I tend to want to look presentable so <laughs> I try to because be careful they, on that front well, of course because they would be able to judge you because they know exactly what they're judging yeah. <laughs> exactly okay. right so tell us a little bit more about we've been asking our guests in terms of media representation, um, I think women especially, though men are starting to feel what we've always felt for a long time, um, mm-hmm. media bombardment of what is ideal, of what is acceptable, of what we all should be as the mm. beauty standard. Do you feel that you're fairly represented in the media? Um, in terms of media in the Western market, I think... Um, there are some times where there are um, models who are Asian, Oriental, origin. Um, hmm, media, in terms of all the products that's being um, promoted around the media, uh-huh. I feel as though there's, um, it, ma- it makes me feel like I don't maintain my hair as much as I should. So I, as I told you, I pretty much only just use shampoo and conditioner, nothing much else for my hair um, in terms of treatments. So whenever I looked at look at magazines and newspapers and see all these different, um, oh, you should do um, hair mask before washing or after this, you should do a leave-in treatment. I feel as though maybe I should be doing more to my hair. So mm. I do get a bit confused. There's so much, so many information going around. So I think yeah, right. that would be my thought. Right. Okay. That's interesting to know. And then that leads us to the next talking point, which is, okay, so if this is how you're being made to feel by the media, mm. let's talk a little bit about when you do actually go to a hair salon. So let's tell us a little bit about your, your salon experiences. What's a typical, mm-hmm. um, a typical visit to the salon like? So I go to a hairdresser owned by a Japanese person in London, and it depends on the salon. But um, some of them, um, so you basically start with um, basic consultation, maybe around ten minutes on what you are looking for, what what I'm looking for that day, as well as um, talk about my hair type, how I like to do my hair. I guess that part is quite gen- general and it's going to do the, um, the hair wash and then the cut. And sometimes when you're waiting for something to dry, um, they provide some massage treatment sessions, maybe for like scalp or shoulder. But yeah, um, yeah depending on the salon, obviously. But um, yeah. Um, okay. So brilliant. You've mentioned, you've mentioned something that we always encourage our 
listeners to ensure that they get whenever they have um, a styling session with a hairdresser, which is a consultation, the importance of consultations. Do you feel because you tend to have at least a 10 minute consultation that makes your salon experience more pleasant? Yes, I think so if I can communicate at the very beginning of the experience, then we have a mutual understanding of what I want to do with my hair as well as any recommendations that the hairdresser has for my hair. So it's quite nice to share the um, knowledge of the hairdresser as well as um, myself speaking about what my hair is like and what I would, what kind of style I'm looking for on that day. Okay, that's, that's, that's good to know. That's interesting to know. So then, have you ever had a negative salon experience? Mm, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, but... We, we like to hear about those. Tell us what happened. Uh, it's that one time that I didn't have my hair by a Japanese hairdresser. Mm-hmm. So... Um... I went into the salon as normal and I, well, the, I think the hairdresser, I think she was, um, yeah, English local hairdresser. And so I usually go to a salon with some kind of a photo of, or some uh, few photos of the image that I'm going for. And um, uh-huh. that could be um, the type of haircut that I want, the type of, um, style that I'm looking to go for and then I I want the hairdresser to advise me on if I should um, put permanent waves on or maybe that's unnecessary and need to um, just use curl tongs Mm -hmm. so um, so yeah going back to the story I spoke to her I showed her the photo and we actually didn't really speak for that long in terms of the whole um, pre-cut consultation Okay, and she went on to just cut, uh, wash my hair, and uh, cut my hair, and you know I thought, yep, uh, it's all going fine, until um, she <laughs> started taking out some tools, and I realised that she was going to trim my hair using electrical electric red trimmer oh, wow. tool that you, I've, you? I've never had anyone use on me before so I was quite intimidated and and because I think I was in secondary school I was quite shy I wasn't really um self-confident or put my opinion across um quite strongly (laughs) so I just um let it be I just let her do it and then yeah it was just nothing like the photo I showed her or anything that I wanted (laughs) how did that leave you feeling in terms of did it put you off going back to the hair salon or did you think I'm never having my hair done by anyone other than a Japanese person both so I never or I haven't gone back to the place ever since and (laughs) I thought okay um maybe no more Uh, I'll just stick to um (laughs) The Japanese hairdressers that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. right. What no offense or anything. Yeah, what would have made the, the experience less unpleasant for you um, from from your experience, do you think? I think constant, not, not constant, but communication is very much necessary, I think. So the, the initial consultation that you have before doing anything to your hair, 
as well as when you're doing it do, um, I mean the head when the hairdresser is working on your hair yeah I feel that um whenever they start doing some new process I would I think I would appreciate it if they let me know what they are doing then I can just sit there with ease and just relax and not have to worry about anything so yeah because um when the hairdresser took the tools out that I was not aware Hi, so Ayumi, in terms of your experience with the hairdresser, what do you think would have improved the outcome for you? Um, I think communication is definitely the key when uh -huh. um, having a comfortable experience for the person who is getting work done to their hair. Um, that's a peace of mind, really, as well. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I think pre... Or before anything, the consultation is definitely re would be really good, and to have a quality one. Yeah. So to have a mutual understanding between the hairdresser and uh, well myself when I go to get my hair done. Uh -huh. To yeah know what I want as well as what they think and um, any advice that they can give. So that would be really helpful oh. and very um, comforting for me as well when they. No, even if it's for the short um, ten, 10 or so minutes um, yeah. to get the mutual understanding would be really good. Right. How did it make you feel, though, when she started to take out trimmers and, and clippers and things that you weren't aware of and didn't uh, communicate anything? Um, yeah, as I said, yeah, very much intimidated. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yeah, during all the processes when... And the hairdresser is doing something um, different to your hair. It will be great to um, hear what, what they're going to start doing, just so that I feel more relaxed. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. on the same page. Okay, so tell mm. us, as, as the world becomes global and we all travel more either on holiday, for business, for weddings, I mean, it's just air travel has become so accessible, so you find people go into places, and sometimes you might need to get your hair done. Mm -hmm. In terms of your hair experiences in the UK, if you were to travel, what do you think needs to happen in the world of hairdressing, training and standards, in order to make sure that regardless of where we go, we mm -hmm. all are able to get our hair done to our satisfaction, and we're able to enjoy the experience? Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not so much qualification-wise because I'm not, um, I don't know much about the qualification within the industry, uh -huh. but in terms of training, I think because, um, I would say everywhere it's, it's going to get more and more global, so uh -huh. I think getting trained with different kinds of people would be in terms of um, where they are from as well as type of their hair and to be maybe familiarized with many different types of hair and types of people because I think going to the hairdressers it's a really interacting experience with the hairdresser as well uh -huh. so yes I think getting familiar with different culture as well as different types of hair itself that would definitely help to get to know what typical for example a typical Japanese person would want and um, to have some kind of knowledge I think that would definitely help 
Yeah, okay, I hear that. I just, I hear that as a trained professional, I hear what you're saying, because a lot of times we all tend to have the same sort of theoretical knowledge if you're trained. Mm-hmm. The problem comes into the actual to practice on in mm. real life. So this is where I'd say, as a client, would you be prepared to maybe go and help out? Um, do you think this is something that people would be open to where they can go and get their hair, um, make their heads available? I mean, a lot of training colleges do ask for models, mm-hmm. but we maybe don't find that as many people are prepared to take that option of going to a training college to get their hair done. Mm. Um, to be, to be honest, I'll be very up for just going in and letting trainees do whatever they want to do with my hair. Um, being aware that I do have a quite a typical Japanese hair, I would want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so being aware of that fact and maybe doing personal consultation between the two to get to know on a personal level as well on some typical experiences, that type of person with that type of hair may experience. I think that would be very helpful um, to get to know different types of people. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. So hopefully we can encourage our listeners, if, if you are anywhere and you live near a training college, do go in and talk to them and see if they've got, usually it tends to be heavily discounted anyway. Um, mm. And they will appreciate having different textures come through just because that's the only way we can make sure that trained stylists everywhere don't just have theoretical knowledge of, of mm-hmm. certain types. Um, so that's something to leave our listeners with. But before you go, you mentioned something about um, a perm. You, you've got straight hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Most most of my clients believe that um, people with straight hair have it easy when it comes to maintenance of hair, just because you're not working through through curls. Uh, yes. <laughs> Why would you, when you already have hair that is quote unquote easy to maintain, uh-huh. to get your hair permed? What kind of perm is that? So. Um... I had, well, I have a friend from um, high school that always had lovely, luscious, curly hair, and I was always envious of her hair, and because I've always had straight hair, I've been wanting to, well, I love um, curling my hair, but because, I don't know, maybe my hair is quite fixed, and it's quite weighty, so the curls do tend to come out quite easily, so... Uh I wanted something that's more easy maintenance, but still I can enjoy some kind of curly hair experience. So last year, I think it was June time that I went into my usual salon and I had some permanent waves done to my hair. Wow. And I absolutely loved that. <laughs> How long did that last? Um, I... I haven't had my hair cut since and my ends, they are still slightly wavy from that. So it's not properly wavy, but very slightly wavy. So it does last, but um, yeah, as my hair grows, it's getting really heavy and yeah, not so I would want to, but I think I want to challenge different differently this time. So I'm, I do have plan to have my hair done maybe sometime next month or something. Yeah. 
and I actually wanted to get get it um, coloured this time. So <laughs> I've never gotten highlights in my life before. So oh, wow. I'm thinking of getting some kind of highlights to make my hair look more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow! And I'm so I'm so I'm sure our listeners are quite happy that despite the challenges that curls can sometimes present, I think it's fair to say the curlier your hair, the more versatility you have with what you can do with it mm. compared to if your hair is just super straight, thick and and not curly. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I did love my curls. Yeah. Oh. But I do realise that the permanent waving, it's damaged my hair so much. So I think, yeah, I am definitely due for a haircut. Okay, which is the same as when people with curly hair get their hair permed and straightened. Mm. I mean, it's the same. The, the, anything that's a chemical process like that and that's altering the, yes. the hair is going to result in damage because that actual perming process is creating controlled damage. Mm. Yes. To remember. So it's quite interesting that despite having straight hair and people with curly hair view it as being easy, you actually wanted to have curly hair because you thought it was beautiful and it was nicer. So yeah. it shows us that we're not always happy with what we have. Exactly. We always want something that we don't have. So my friend wanted straight hair like me, but I wanted curly hair like her. So oh, it's quite, yeah, it's really fun um, doing hair. <laughs> back and tell us um, about any more hair adventures you have we really loved having you on the show to share your experiences thank, thank you so you. much so another was, great episode yeah like, just hearing Ayumi's experience a completely different part of the world yeah. but just hearing her voice yeah. her thoughts yeah yeah just just seeing again the intersectionality mm. and the idea that we're not as different yeah we're more similar than we are different exactly yeah exactly and those differences are something to celebrate definitely but however it's like well a little empathy we can yeah. all be empathetic towards each other because ultimately i think the one thing that really comes through so far is we're always going to want what we don't have absolutely <laughs> absolutely oh but we must we must learn to embrace self yeah we must learn to love what we do have and to look after it and then once you do that you can experiment and explore mm. loads of other different things mm -hmm. but hey guys we still want to hear from you yeah. we do so don't forget to email in at the team at nyashamusagrace.com we are compiling an episode which will come out next week where we do have those entries sent through in that entry sent through your name where you're from and just speak tell us about your journey and your hair and if you want to say your negative experiences, we're open to that. Mm. But just to be fair and for legal reasons, don't include the names of mm -hmm. the people involved. Just because we don't have the time to verify and to get this their point it. of view across. But we just want to hear your experiences. Yeah. Um, so you can tell us about the experiences. You can tell us where they were. Tell us your positive experiences yes. as well. And you can definitely shout out any positive experiences mm. you have heard. <laughs> because... Mm -hmm. You know, anything that you've had that was a good thing, I share think it. let's share it so share that other people can get to know those people too yes. and go and use them. So until next time. Until next time. Have a great week. Take care. Bye.